Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello, and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking with Sherry Maxwell, our resident psychotherapist, and we are talking about grandparents and setting boundaries. You might recognize Sherry from some previous episodes of the podcast as well. You might not know is that she is one of our guest experts who has created a fantastic masterclass that is exclusive to our mommy mentorship program. If you are pregnant and feeling intimidated, overwhelmed, isolated, anxious, or excited about impending motherhood and everything that goes along with this amazing life-changing journey, then you need to check out our exclusive mommy mentorship program at www.mommymentorship.com. Now, with that in mind, so many things change with impending motherhood, including our relationships. And our relationships with grandparents are of no exception, which is why we are so excited to speak with Sherry about grandparents and boundaries. So welcome, Sherry. We're so happy to have you back. Thank you for having me again. It's been a while, but I'm ha- this is like I'm very excited to be uh, to be with you again. One topic that we've been wanting to talk about is grandparents and setting boundaries for grandparents when a baby is coming into a family. Um, it's I think one of the most it's probably one of the things that it's a universal struggle that people face. Uh, yeah, and it, it certainly can be, and. I guess the ideal um, when having the, you know, the children come into the world um, as a grandparent, if you're able to sit down and actually talk to the grandparents, the grandparents to be um, about what their, their desired involvement is going to be like, what do they see grandparenting as? because people have different opinions and different perspectives as to um, what grandparenting means for them and exactly how involved they want to be. So that kind of lends itself to, I I kind of break it down into grandparents. I think they're kind of two kind of worlds of grandparents or experiences of grandparents, which are like, you have one category, category of grandparents that are want to be involved and are involved and need boundaries with that. But then on the flip side, there are also grandparents who you wish were involved, but aren't involved. And therefore you need to set boundaries in a way to support your family with kind of navigating that lack of a relationship. You could say lack of relationship or a different type of relationship, Mm. right? 
Um, and I think it's really important to realize and accept that people have different um, concepts of what grandparenting is. Some people take the, the view of, you know what, I raised my kids, I'm not going to raise yours. And they feel that, you know, if they help with childcare or um, whatever the case may be, you know, picking them up after school, whatever, whatever, um, that um, that is not what they want to do because then they feel like they're responsible for parenting and they want to have a life that's not that connected. And it doesn't mean that they don't love the kids. It doesn't mean that they don't love the parents. It means that they have a different idea of what they want to do as a grandparent. And that can sometimes really hurt the, the um, parents. Well, and I know, like, you just mentioned, you know, childcare and, you know, picking kids up from school and, and watching children, both of which you did today. <laughs> for yeah, me. <laughs> my wife, I don't know if people, don't, I don't know if everybody's going to know that I actually am Amanda's mom, so... <laughs> So I'm coming from that, that perspective as a grandparent. <laughs> but you're, like, all, you're, all, you're also a resident psychotherapist as well. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but when it, when it comes to grandparenting, like, yes, you do some of those things, but you do it from a grandparent's perspective and not a parent's perspective. Yes. And you've very been very conscious so. of that, right? Yes. Yeah. I try to be. Um, so that's, I, we're happy to be very involved, um, which kind of surprised me because we always said, you know, we didn't, we didn't think we'd be those grandparents that were involved at every move. And it's actually turned out to be kind of the opposite. We're extremely involved and live close by and, and do help out quite a bit, particularly since, you know, Amanda's husband travels so much for business. Um, so we're happy to be the people who pitch in and and uh, get calls in the middle of the night sometimes because Amanda's sick or something. <laughs> um, and, and so that's something that we enjoy. But we do try to at least, yeah, we do try to um, be very conscious that of not stepping over the boundaries. Um, and I, I will admit, I am one of those people who I have to say it. So if there's things that, that, you know, I think might be helpful or I wonder about doing something a different way, I, Amanda knows I will tell her, but I don't care that she doesn't do it, right? It's just kind of giving my perspective or something I see or something. I didn't, I, to be honest, I couldn't remember what we did when, when my kids were little. So Amanda would say, mom, what did you do? And I'd say, I have no idea. I don't remember. And not only that, but things have changed so much. So I don't think you, I mean, you can correct me, Amanda, but I don't think that I had a whole lot of advice when the kids were little. Um, not so much on like, you know, how to do certain things, but like on parenting parenting related things if I have an issue we can like I'll talk about it but like when it comes to you being the grandparent versus the parent like you're very good to always ask 
me if you can do certain things like you don't just go ahead and do stuff right yeah your dad's not as good but but you're like very conscious of it and as as a very involved grandparent you still spend time with the kid through the lens of a grandparent versus the parent so because you're with us all the time sometimes you do need to discipline them which I know you hate. Yeah, <laughs> I like, really don't like it, but yeah, you, you, you it, when you're with them as a lot, it's not going to be helpful for them to let them get away with it. No, but it's still always like, usually if I'm there, I'm the one who does it all, all that sort of thing, right? Like you take the backseat as the grandparent. I quite enjoy it when I don't have to discipline. <laughs> right. So I think that that is really key when a grandparent is involved a lot, that there is kind of this understanding that the parent has the, the parent is still the parent and what the parent says goes, right? Like I know uh, you've been watching the kids and my kids don't watch a lot of TV. So I've gotten phone calls saying, hey, can we watch a movie? And sometimes I've said, no, they, they've watched a movie yesterday. And other times I'm like, yeah, whatever, right? Um, so like, you're very good to like, ask me if you can do things. Um, you don't just go ahead and do whatever you want. I think that's really important because it it teaches the child that not only, you know, they have to listen to the parent, but it it really does position the parent in the right space. In other words, they are the, they are the go-to people. They have the authority, you know, they are the ones that are in charge of you. And so I think it, it, it's, it's really good for the children to see that the grandparents respect the parents. Yeah, and, and both you and dad, uh, like you, you follow kind of like the things that we've set out for the kids, like the mm-hmm. fact that we don't watch a lot of television, right? So it's not and like that one was really hard. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, but it's not like they come over and that's all they do. Like, yes, you have movie nights with them and stuff like that. But like everything has been okayed by us kind of like ahead of time so get the mom and dad seal of approval yeah and I think that's really key because then you're not stepping on toes or you're not doing things that the parents don't like because you've already consulted with them like Mm -hmm. right you don't just go ahead and do whatever like we know what's happening we know you've asked so everything goes smoothly because of it Mm -hmm. I wanted to share it. I wanted to like kind of go back because I had a question that came up. So like while you were talking, so you had said about at the beginning about, you know, sitting down and having a conversation or, you know, not necessarily sitting down, but like having a conversation with the expecting grandparents to ask, like, what are your expectations in a role as a grandparent? But how do you, how should somebody approach or navigate you know, having that conversation and having two differing, like two different expectations come to light in that conversation. How do you navigate like a grandparent who doesn't really want to be an active, you know, participant um, in the child's life when the parent wants to have that, you know, yearns to have that type of relationship 
or is that just you got to have to accept and deal and move on. You call a psychotherapist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to be disappointed, right? It's going to be disappointed. If you have a vision, anytime that you have a vision of something and um, the other people don't have the same vision, there's great disappointment. And there's probably a message that's getting you, giving you like, you know, well, they obviously don't really love us or they don't want to spend time with us. Or, and that might not be it at all. It might be that, you know, they've had this vision of retirement and that looks like travel and playing golf and hanging out with their friend, right? It's just very different. So, so instead of taking things personally, it's about trying to just accept that, well, this is what they want and, and how can... Um, you know, we live in a way that we're going to, that they're going to get what they want, but yet we still feel some fulfillment. And you're not always going to be able to have those conversations with, with the uh, grandparents because we obviously have different types of relationships with our parents. And so if you have the type of relationship that you can upfront talk about the different boundaries or expectations, et cetera, um, then that's great. But um, and I think it's, it's quite hard when you have a grandparent that wants to be overly involved and the parents really want you to back off. Um, and that's a hard conversation to have. And sometimes you can't because it would actually cause more damage. So you've got to be able to kind of um, take into consideration what you really need as the parents and as a person. Right, because sometimes we need to voice it, no matter what the consequence is going to be. Um, but the other thing is to understand that what the consequences could be. So, in other words, if you have a person like a one of the grandparents is um, someone who takes things very personally, gets upset, et cetera, et cetera, just know that that could be one of the results. So it's almost like you know, putting aside your personal feelings and looking, approaching those conversations, or just the act kind of like just the relationship as it is and the behavior in it and looking at it as the bigger picture, kind of in the sense of how you said, if grandparents imagined retirement as traveling, it's looking at not how you said, not taking it personally, but looking at it as the bigger picture of their retirement season of life and what they yeah. they had imagined. So looking at yep. the bigger picture, as opposed to like the personal immediate kind mm-hmm. of close relationship. Yeah. Yeah, because it might not really be about how close they feel to you. It might just be what what they decided they need to do for them. You brought up a good good talking point, I think, about those kind of overbearing or overactive grandparents um, that I think, like you said, are probably a little bit more challenging to um, kind of deal with or kind of set boundaries with. Is there any way? to have those kind of conversations or, you know, actually setting those boundaries. Does it, I guess what I'm asking is in my head of like, if you're in that situation where you have an overactive grandparent or an over-involved grandparent, do you set boundaries for yourself or do you actually try and, you know, articulate and say like, look, you need to do this, or do you actively make the boundaries for yourself as a way to protect yourself? Yes. Yes to all of it. 
<laughs> sorry. Um, I was so convoluted. No. I'm sorry. No, no. I think I know what you're saying. You're asking if you, if you, um, do what you need to, so you don't get upset or if you make it clear to them what they can and cannot do. Yeah. And again, it depends on the situation. It, it depends on the people you're dealing with. Um, I would hope for me, I would hope that if I was doing things that, that my um, child and her partner didn't like that. Uh, I can't, I don't know that, that um, her husband would sit down and talk to me, but it would come through her and that would be okay for me. And I've always said, if there's anything I'm doing, that's not okay. Tell me whether it's as a mother-in-law or as a grandparent or a whatever, tell me, please. And if you can't tell me, tell, well, in this case, it'd be tell Amanda to tell me because I'll take it that way too. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that because one thing that I've learned from you is um, like I deal with my family and Keith deals with his family just so that we kind of everything's easier to deal with your own family than to start to get the in-laws involved. And that kind of goes with saying with that, right? Like if there's an issue going on, it's better, sometimes easier to come from your own kid than it is to come from the in-law. Yeah, very, but that's the way I always experienced it. I wasn't getting involved in in-law stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, it also is going to depend on the relationship you have with the in-law, right? So some, some people might have very close relationships with their mother and father-in-law and others not so much, but generally speaking, it's, it's, I find it's going to be easier coming from the, the child directly because, because a, a person's never, I shouldn't say never, uh, the odds are much greater that the child's going to be able to say something and the parent might be a little bit, um, upset initially but they're not going to hold it continue to hold it against child whereas the other the in-law they might hold it against them a little bit longer there's just something about children that we just can't keep you know keep our anger towards them what's that bond right exactly you you definitely have a bond because exactly raised the child so and again it's not going to be like that in every situation you know um but i think that's kind of um, you know, more likely to have a, a be, be accepted from, from them. And it, it depends how it's said too. Like if you sit down and say, we have to talk to you about something because we don't like you doing this and this and this, like that might become across a little harsh, but if you say, Hey, we want to talk to you about something, you know, and, and we recognize that you, you know, we realize you're trying to do things to help us but we're really trying to do it on our own. We're trying to figure this out ourselves. And, and it kind of um, upsets, upsets us when you're telling us that we're not doing it the way you think it should be done, or whatever the case may be. So if you come with a very soft heart with good intent, it's, it's, it's going to, and the tone is really important, which is probably why it's better to, to say it when you're not in the heat of it because it's gonna come across harsh. So in other words, I think it's much better if there is, does something occur, then you don't address it in the moment. You kind of address it when 
you're not feeling maybe so charged yourself emotionally. It gives some time and space. That's right. And I even tell people, write down what you'd like to say and practice it. Or if it's really touchy, you can write it down and say, look, I've really thought about what I want to say. And um, I'm just going to read this. And then you can say whatever you want to when I'm done. Um, that's quite often more what I suggest when it's between partners or, um, but, but um, I mean, you could use that in any scenario. This would be a great podcast for um, someone to actually say, hey, mom, or hey, mother-in-law, come and sit down and listen to this so we can talk about this um, after, you know, see what they have to say. Um, I think a lot of parents have really good intent. They don't real, realize how it's coming across. The one thing I do want to say to all the young moms is do not take it personally. If you can, if you cannot think that they you're being criticized because the mother-in-law or the mother is making a suggestion. And I realize that mothers and mother-in-laws don't always say it in a way that is easy to take, you know, because a lot of times you get, well, when we, you know, had our kids, this is what we did. And I'm, I realize that that is probably that, you know, it's going to be anywhere from 20 to 35 to 40 years earlier that you had those kids, things change, but they're still thinking that it should be done that way. And um, it's not an assault or saying that you are not a good mother. And that is a lot of times what I hear that the, the mother is so hurt by the mother-in-law saying anything or the father-in-law saying anything, they're so hurt and they feel that they are, you know, being told they're not being a good parent, but that's not what is going on there. Try not to personalize it. I guess is what I'm saying. You feel like they're being judged in their choices. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a and really hard. I was going to say, that's a really hard thing not to take personally. Absolutely, because here you, particularly first-time mothers, you're a first-time mother, and let's face it, none of us are practiced at this, right? You go into it, and you think, how am I going to do this? And yeah, there's a certain amount of it that's natural and instinctive, and you guys are really fortunate that you've got so much that you could at your fingertips quickly, Right. We used to have to, you know, you do a book or you do classes or you do this or you do that. Um, but you guys have a lot at your fingertips. Um, but you still you don't you're not practiced at it and you're you are scared. Right. And you don't know. And you're hoping you do it right. And of course, there's not one way to do anything. There's so many different ways and different perspectives. And that in itself can be overwhelming. And then you add in the hormones too. If you add in those hormones, yeah, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> and so, yeah. So if you can try to remember that it's not um, saying that you are a bad parent, even if it might sound like it to you at the time. What if it is? Because there are some, you know, grandparents who are on the end, the spectrum of, you know, 
passing judgment and criticizing how how is one supposed to kind of how do you know with going with you know trying not to take it as judgment but the reality is not everybody comes from a a kind place in suggestions um do you just kind of have to go off what type of relationship you have prior to having the baby to kind of be able to gauge if it is actually a judgment does it matter if it is um it's a good question what if it hurts you what's being said i think what's important is to realize doesn't matter what anyone else says you got to know what you're good at. Hmm. And so if they are judging you, but you're doing what you believe to be in the best interest of your child, it doesn't matter. And that's what you keep coming back to. You know what? And, and, and if you can, if they can say it, and, and if you can just go and take it as a, a suggestion, whether they're judging you on your parenting or not, if you can take it and go, okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I'll think about that. And then, but knowing that, and maybe you should, maybe it is a good idea. Think about it and then go, yeah, that sucks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> throw that out the window. Yeah, throw that one out. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. That was 30 years ago. Um, but, but if you, if you know who you are and I know it's hard because you, because as a parent, you don't know who you are. But take it as a piece of a, a suggestion, a piece of their wisdom that they would like to give to you. Consider it and do what you want with it. And some of it you might go, you know, that's not a bad idea. And, the, and, and so use it because you don't want to not use it just because you're, you don't want them to look like they're right, <laughs> right? Because you always have to go back to, what is in the best interest of my child? And if you always go back to that question, not what's not going to hurt me or, you know, what's in the best interest of my child because I don't feel good about them, about this. Um, just what's in the best interest of my child? What is going to benefit them the most? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's it. It really makes sense. It's kind of taking the emotional response out of, you know, your. I don't know if it's necessarily the interactions, but like those conversations where those feelings or those suggestions could be come across as being critical or judgmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you don't have to argue with them as to why you do it a certain way, etc. Because when we start doing that, we're trying to prove ourselves. You don't have to prove yourself. And I think, I think if we are um, internally strong, we, we don't have to make the point. We know we're the parent. You're the, and, and that's even, and hopefully that's, that's what I've always tried to do with the, the grandkids is that's why I say, well, you have to ask your mother because that's the parent. And it's the same situation for any um, parent, grandparent situation. 
It's not up to me to make the decisions. But if you have a grandparent who is judging or trying to make the decision, et cetera, you need to remember that, yes, but I have the position. I am the parent and I do make the decisions. They don't. You have so many mic drops. It's just <laughs> every single is like, bam, <laughs> bam. <laughs> <laughs> it's just constant with you, Sherry. It's so good. You are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, well, just sat with a few young moms over the years and was a young mom myself. And now I'm a grandma. So, well, I guess I'm not a grandma in my mind. I'm, I'm mama. You're mama. Yeah. I'm mama. So do you have any tips for grandparents who want to be involved? Um, good question. I, I would say, um, as, I, as we've been saying all along here, that keep in mind that um, what the, the parents want, that they set the rules and the boundaries, et cetera. So you have to kind of know what the parents are willing to allow you to do or um, encouraging you to do. Um, so I think that's important. I think let it know what you do want to do. Hey, I'd love to babysit them or, Hey, can we take the kids for a sleepover or um, we'd like to take them to the aquarium or whatever the case may be. Right to ask if it's okay if they can have a day with them or, or whatever it, what it, we want. Um, but it's, it really does come back to checking in with the mom and dad. I think if you have advice for them, I, would, I possibly would ask if they'd like to hear the way we did it or, or if they would like the advice. And most people go, sure, but it softens it as opposed to pushing it on to them, right? So anytime you want to give advice, whether it's in these situations or other ones, you know, asking if you'd like, you know, the suggestion. So that would be another thing. Um, and and real, again, relationships are different. So it would really depend on what the relationship is with the son or the daughter, you know, the, the parent, um, as to whether you do or you don't show up un, unannounced, right? I know one of the things that we've always done is I've always knocked at Amanda's door. I've never just, I have a key to her house, but I don't walk in and I never have, unless she knows I'm coming. Um, but if she does not know I'm coming, I, I don't, I would not. Although um, I just walk right into your house. You do? What is that about, eh? <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, your house was my house once. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I always knock. Just, that's just a boundary thing too. Um, before you, and it's not always now, but I think sometimes if you're, going out, you know, you might need to find out if you're planning on taking them to, I don't know, Toys R Us or whatever the case may be. Is it 
to know, to let the parents know what you're kind of planning. So you don't go off and do something that they're going, why would you do that? I don't think that that was a good idea, that sort of thing. Um, so, the, you know, just really respecting the parent's role. And I think that really sets us up to um, have a good relationship so that we can help out, but don't take over. Well, it kind of made me think of um, kind of a different perspective of a grandparent's perspective of setting a boundary when they feel like they're being, like they feel like they are over-involved and mm-hmm. don't want to be. Like they're mm-hmm. taking on more of a parental role as opposed to a grandparent's role. Right. And so in the so you're asking what the grandparent might do in that situation? Yeah, but I yeah. like, you know, because I'm not necessarily, I don't know, that is what I'm asking. I don't know if it's applicable to this episode being that it's not a grandparent, you know, we're talking about grandparents, but it's not necessarily, you know, the demographic that would be listening to. It's just, it's while you were speaking, I was thinking like, oh yeah, like there are definitely some grandparents, like grandparent experiencing kind of the opposite of they feel like they're being pushed into a parental role when that's not what they want, but they also have a hard time saying saying no. no. Yeah. Then I think it would be one of those situations where you'd have to sit down. I'm a real believer if possible to sit down and say, Hey, we, we just need to have a talk with you. You know, we're feeling really tired right now, maybe over involved and we just need a bit of a breather. Right. We can't, you know, I know, you know, I hear of uh, different grandparents who do the childcare and I think, man, they have the, the kids, some of them like, you know, every day. I think that's got to be exhausting because you're older as a grandparent. You can't that's, do it. Right. That's what my, that's what my dad did when I went with Freya after I went back to work, he, um, he looked after Freya full time from 12 months to 18 months and he loved it. And like, I approached it to him and I said, like, look, like I came with some scientific research that's, you know, the benefits of grandparents being involved in their kids' lives. And I had a whole presentation to sell him on it. And I did pay, like we paid him, um, whether or not he took the money or he just did it, you know, he's put it away. I don't know. But I said, you know, like it was in a way for, to let Freya's immune system catch up just because being the preemie, you just want a little bit of extra time for her to just kind of get a little bit stronger before she went into full-time care. Um, and he had always said that he wanted, he would have liked to have been a stay-at-home dad, but never had that opportunity. Oh, and wow. he was really nervous about it because he said like, he never stayed. The only time he took care of, like was the primary caregiver of me was when my both my parents worked for Bell, um, and when they went on the linesman work, went on strike. So my dad was on strike. He took care of me. My mom was a manager, so she was still working. Um, so like for that strike period, he was taking care of me. But um, yeah, he he studied. Like he came and he did practice days. He took a course on like first aid, and he was so excited and he loved it. It was an amazing experience. It really set up an amazing relationship for them. Um, 
And it, we had it, but we had a definite timeline. It was like from September until February when she was 18 months old. And uh, when that came, the 18 months came, he was like, I'm not ready to let her go. So then he moved down to part-time <laughs> until Finn was born. So that was a really, that was a neat experience. Yeah. yeah. But I presented it and, you know, I said like, no, I gave him an no out. pressure, no yeah. pressure. I said like, this is something that we were thinking of. Um, whereas I think there are some cases where grandparents don't have that experience and don't have the opportunity to say no yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad took care of Freya full time for six nice. months and he loved it. Nice. Yeah. He was in charge of putting her to sleep and, you know, they used to go to Home Depot and drive around and look at lights. It was fun. He really liked it. But yeah. But yeah, no, I am. So hold on. Yeah. So do you have tips for parents who the grandparents don't want to be involved as much as the parents want? Do I have tips for the parents? yeah oh, um so so say the you were hoping that your mom and dad were going to be more involved and they're just not um i think that comes back to sitting down with them if possible if they've if you've got enough relationship that you can sit down and have a conversation and say hey we would really like you to be more involved and um if they if that doesn't help the situation, then I think you really have to just reach a level of acceptance that says um, you, you don't quite understand why, but they don't seem to want to have that involvement. Uh, and maybe you know, trying to look at it from a perspective of, of what they do need um, and where their life is at because you know, maybe they, they just have this different view. So it, you know, a lot of times it does come down to just accepting and allowing the other people to be the people that they are. And remembering not to personalize it. It doesn't necessarily mean it has anything to do with the relationship that you have with them. It just has to do with the fact that they have decided that, you know, they, their vision of grandparenting isn't your vision of grandparenting. Yeah, and that does happen. I know we have a friend who had to have that conversation a couple times with the parents, and uh, it, they eventually had to accept the fact that the parents didn't want a grandparent uh, and be as involved as they were hoping. So that does yeah. definitely happens. Yeah. And, I, and it really does, you can't, you can't force someone to do grandparenting as you'd like it. And, you know, because they have, they get to choose their life like you get to choose yours. So I think coming when you kind of, I think with the bound setting boundaries and you kind of look at it, it really just, it really does come down to kind of finding strength in yourself as a new parent. and you know, be feeling, finding the strength in your role as the parent, instead of feeling like you have to involve everyone. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
being being confident in your role as a mother, even though, yeah, you're going to feel like there's things you don't know and things that scare you. But that's where the the grandparents were at one time. Right. You, you really mm-hmm. learn a lot by just living it out. And trusting yourself enough to know that you'll, you'll know, you know, things. Right. Intuitively, you know them. That's what being a mother is all about sometimes. And if you don't know, then you know the people to go to to ask. So you don't have to know it all. You just have to be able to. Sometimes we have to know what we don't know. And accept that you don't know. And accept that you don't know. You don't. I don't know where we get the concept that that we have to be these perfect parents. Right. And then you roll into mummy guilt and all that sort of stuff because, you know, you were tired because you'd been up half the night and you, you know, yelled at your child like it happens. <laughs> right. And and that's part of being human. We really appreciate you doing this with us, Sherry, and talking about this because there's so many different perspectives and experiences in the different types of relationships between parents and grandparents. And it's, uh, it's nice to be able to have someone like you help us kind of give us an idea of how to navigate or even just start to approach those situations that can look, seem really intimidating. Well, um, I'm, yeah. And, and I, I hope that it's been helpful to kind of have a new perspective. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.